This is the Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante. One of our favorite segments of the week. No doubt. Going to the Tapman's Towing Phone Line. This segment brought to you by Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted, and by Max Twin City Recycling. It's the Loot Goody segment. Alana Sharpshooter had can it going I, on Friday there in West Lafayette. Can I start out Go this segment? It. Yeah. Luke, I'm in a Big Ten fantasy league every year, and I wasn't able to draft you, and then I just had to play against you when you hit four threes. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, straight up, full transparency, I was happy with every one of them. I did end up winning that, that week, which was good, but I was like, hey, I hope Luke Goody gets 30 on me. What the heck, man? So, good job. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you. Bittersweet right there. Your head, your head's in the league, huh? You're good. <laughs> there you now, go. You're good. Now I don't have to face you again for like another, I don't know, like twelve games. So that's good. I'll let you know when the next yeah. game's coming around, so you can uh, tank one for me. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Not yet. Yeah, nice <laughs> try. Nice try. <laughs> So who'd you draft over Luke? Let's do that. No, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh, no. Let's, let's get you in real trouble. <laughs> right. So that way he can he can put a target on everybody's back that's on your team. Yeah, exactly. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out for uh, Lon Lonte's fantasy team. That's what I'm doing now. That's that's the purpose of the rest of my season. I'll, t- I'll tell you who's on my bench, Sissoko. So if you want to pop like six threes in a row over his head, I'd be fine with that, my friend. Uh, all right, all right. Luke the. You guys are still ranked in the top 10. Uh, you obviously awesome. destroyed Northwestern uh, last Tuesday. Uh, lost a close one to Purdue. Got down big early. You guys stormed back. It was a similar script to, to last year. Uh, but overall, I mean, you probably won't hang your head too much about a five-point loss in West Lafayette. But uh, how did you come out of that one? I know individually you shot the three really well in that game. Uh, offensively, you guys got rolling, especially in the second half. What, what was kind of your main takeaway of that one in West Lafayette? Yeah, Purdue's the number one team in the country for a reason, for sure. Um, I think we did a great job on Zach Eady. We got him in foul trouble early in the game. He had two fouls, and, you know, we went on that little bit of a run, and then they were able to, you know, come back on another run in the first half. And, you know, he really wasn't a factor too much until kind of the end of the second half. You know, he went 5-5 five five from the field, which is, I mean, that's expected, 15 rebounds. I think we did a pretty good job on him, and uh, credit to Trey Coffin. He did a great job. I think we need to rebound the ball better. Mm. Um, you know, I was – Caught a lot of flack in film for having zero rebounds in 35 minutes. So uh, I know I know I have to be better, especially as a as a two guard now in this offense and uh, the matchups that I have. I I need to be able to rebound the ball better. So and that goes for the whole team as well. I think in order to win that game, we needed to rebound. They had like 18 or 19 offensive rebounds, which is mm. is way too many if we wanted to win the game. So. Um, you know, credit to Purdue. They hit some big shots and made some big plays. Uh, Trey Coffin had a great game, and Lance Jones hit some shots too. But, you know, I'm glad that we stayed in the top ten because I think people around the country are finally realizing that, you know, we're, we're real. We're, we're, we are a real team, and, you know, we, we're as good as anybody in the country. So for us to, to lose and still stay in the top ten, I think it's a testament to where we are as a team. Luke, you guys were down 20-4 to four early, uh, down 15 points at the half. What allowed you, on the flip side, you mentioned the rebounding is part of uh, the reason that things kind of got a, got away from you uh, in the early stretch of that game. But uh, in terms of the comeback, what was working? What did you see in the ability to make it a one-possession game in the final minute? Yeah, I think we were able to spread the floor more. You know, Justin came in and really, really helped us spread the floor and guard and did a great job. Um you know, coming off the bench and being able to do that. I think, you know, we started hitting shots. I was able to get a couple clean looks. Marcus really got going. So, 
I think our offense definitely started getting going. Um, you know, I think our defense, our half-court defense all game was actually pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were only shooting 40%, less than 40% from the field in the first half. It was just offensive rebounds. So, you know, when you hold a team to under 40% on the road, you're going to give yourself a chance to win regardless of how the rest of the game goes. So, in the second half, we were able to keep that up. And, uh, you know, they, they just hit shots when they needed to. And, uh, you know, we were able to get hot and hit shots too, but – you know, they we, we kind of got ourselves in too big of a hole to come back. You know, Luke Goody, sometimes in wrestling uh, from my younger days, I always remember like on the professional level with like Andre the Giant and such, they always put like the stars against kind of the scrubs for a few matches. And that's what it looked like kind of with you and Edie wrestling. What, how, that had to hurt. And how the hell did you get a foul on that? <laughs> hey, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, he's just so big. There's, like, not much you can do. No. So what I try to do is hit him first and box him out, and <laughs> you can't, like, stop him from moving. So, like, he just kept he just kept going, and I was like, all right, whatever. So, I just – and then the funniest part, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but I looked at the ref. I said, ref, what am I supposed to do? And he looked at me and said, not that. And I was, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's when you know that. You know, it's just written to get a foul call in that play. So <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have oh, Do you have much correspondence with the officials during games, or do you kind of leave that be? Yeah, I, I, I like to talk to them a lot, especially if I foul or somebody else fouls. I like to ask them kind of what what they were thinking because I know you see some guys on our team are pretty animated after foul calls, and you know sometimes even myself I disagree with you know the rest decision. So I like to go talk to them and get an explanation for for some calls, but I'm not really a big complainer. I'm more just asking, yeah. you know, kind of what happened and stuff like that. I know this, according to Coleman, he has not committed a foul all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I, think he I leads... wasn't going to name any names. Right, right. just did it for me. That's funny. <laughs> Luke, you mentioned – I mean, you, you were around when Kofi was here. How – how big Ooh, of a question. difference is there between a guy who was considered a, a giant at Illinois and Kofi and then Edie is, what, four inches taller than him? When you're on the court, how big of a difference is that, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge difference. I remember I, – I know you guys remember when <clears> – <throat> excuse me, when Zach gave Kofi a concussion two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he just he just made him look small out there, and Kofi's a big dude. So, I just wish Kofi would have gotten officiated the way – Zach does. Mm. I feel like Kofi would average 30 points a game. Mm. So, but, I mean, it is what it is. You know, he's a good player. And, uh, I mean, being next to those two guys, it makes you feel pretty small. And I'm not a small person. So. I, right. That's the funny part. Like, when you come in here, I feel like just a shrimp. And then uh, that's got to be the way you feel like when you're around a guy like Edie. It's just, it's just, it's it's unbelievable. It's almost unthinkable how tall he is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's insane. Like I said, when when you box him out, you just have no chance. Like there was a couple times again that I got called for a foul to try to box him out and go for a rebound, or went for a rebound. He just grabbed it over my head. There's just nothing I can do. <laughs> Lou Gooding joining yeah. us on the tab. Yeah. Totally our coaches, right. our coaches were getting mad, and I was like, Coach, like I'm boxing him out. You can't move a seven-four, <laughs> right. three-hundred-pound guy. Like they were like, move, move him out of the paint. I was like, Coach, come on. <laughs> like I'm trying. <laughs> Man, uh, awesome. speaking of Edie, Purdue gave you guys a little bit of a different look early of putting him on tie uh, and having him kind of sit in the paint. Was that something – I know Brad mentioned you guys thought about that maybe a little bit going in, but 
did that change much for you guys offensively? And what was that challenge, I guess, going against that early against the, the Boilers? Yeah, we definitely we knew that it was going to happen. We were prepared for it, but I mean, it's like you say, you can't prepare for seven four three hundred pounds. You know, we have you know Max Williams standing in the paint at Zach Eady at <laughs> five eleven, one hundred and sixty pounds. So it's just like it's one of those things. Like you know, they do their best in practice, and Max does his best in practice and stuff like that. You just can't replicate it. There's just no way. So you know, schematically, we knew that they were going to do that, and schematically, we practice on it. But it's just hard to simulate. You know, seven four three hundred pounds that just stands in the paint. So. I think, you know, the way that they did it was pretty smart. I think we definitely adjusted well, and that's why we were able to score in the second half. But, you know, I think in the future, when we play them again in March or whatever that is, I think we'll have a, definitely a better game plan for if they do that again. Before we move on to this week, Luke, which is obviously a big one, you got Michigan State mm. coming to town, and then over the weekend you got Maryland. But uh, I do want to ask you, you know, you play in a lot of great venues in the Big Ten and even in the non-conference. You got to go to – MSG and and whatnot, but you played at Tennessee, which is a, a huge, huge arena uh, and, a, and a big fan base. What's it like playing at Mackey? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty it's pretty special. Um, you can't really hear hear your coach talking in the huddle, so and you can't get play calls. There were a couple times in the game that they were on a play, and I would just have no idea because they tell them it on the sideline, and I just couldn't hear anything. And um, it, it, it was a special a special crowd, and. Uh, you know, that's. I think we played there every year. Yeah, that's. I mean, I played there every year, and it's the same thing every year. So they got a great fan base, and it's uh, it's a smaller gym, but I think it makes it more loud. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Is there any extra chip on your shoulder still when you go over to your home state and, and think about you know you ended up at Illinois and uh, Purdue and Indiana didn't ultimately offer you. I know they they were interested at some point. Is that still something that you think about as motivation, or, or do you kind of let that go? I don't know if it's as much a tip on my shoulder for the school. I think it's more just the competition between my friends. Like, Fletch mm. texting me after the game and talking trash. Like, I'm like, okay, well, now we got to get him in March. So, I think it's more that, just like the competition between the guys that I know and, uh, you know, have grown up with. So, that, that's more what I was excited for. Sure. Michigan State coming up on Thursday. Uh, always important to, mm. when you can, hold down the, the home court. What do you think about this one coming up uh, in a few days and what the Spartans will present in terms of a challenge? Yeah, I mean, Michigan State's good. They were a top, top five team in the country preseason for a reason. So, Coach Dizzo is one of the best coaches out there, and he's going to have them ready. Uh, Coach said something today in film about his press conference talking about, you know, kind of how soft they were and stuff like that. So, we know that they're going to come out ready to go. Um, they do every year against us, and they're going to give us their best game. So, we got to – we got a massive intensity and uh, take care of business. Luke, if I'm remembering this right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember going over to one of your games in high school, and you had a you were going up against Caleb first, and you had a really nice game. I, I think Michigan State offered you after that, if I'm not mistaken. What do you? And if so, what do you remember kind of about Tom Izzo as far as just kind of maybe getting to know him a little bit during the recruiting process? Obviously, a guy that's thought of as one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, I didn't know you were at that game. That's pretty cool. But yes, sir. um Yeah, yeah. So I mean he's yeah, he recruited me that Michigan State was my those were the top two schools, Illinois and Michigan State. So I was I had a super close relationship with him in the recruiting process and uh you know, every time we play them I talk to him after the game just a little bit and you know, check in, he checks in on the family and everything like that. So we definitely um created a little bit of a competitive relationship. But I'm just excited to compete against his teams, man. They're always ready to go and they're 
the style that he coaches at is very similar to Coach Brad in terms of like getting the most out of his players and how he how he gets his messages across. So um, it's always a, a good competitive game against Michigan State. It seems like Izzo's a hugger and Brad isn't, though. Would you be all right with Izzo hugging you all the time? Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I didn't really think of it like that. <laughs> he's always yelling at him, and then he brings him over in a timeout, and he's like puts his arm around yeah. him. And everybody's like, oh, that's so sweet that Tom Izzo does that. <laughs> <laughs> what, I mean, it's because he's little. Yeah, right, well, that's too. probably it, yeah. Uh, we know Michigan State's got a couple of good pair of guards here for you guys to contend with. Uh, what do you remember about Walker and and how do you say his I always Hogard. Get, Hogard. I always say it wrong. Um, what do you remember about those guys and what do you expect them from those two come Thursday? Yeah, I mean Tyson Walker is uh, one of the best scorers in the country. He's been shooting the ball really well lately. He's a good scorer. He's going to take about fifteen to twenty shots a game, so we got to be ready for his volume, his volume scoring. And AJ Hogard is one of the best downhill point guards in the country. So uh, we just got to be ready for those guys. I think our game plan that we're going to have is going to be solid and we'll be ready to go. Without giving any details, obviously, take us into like, you know, you guys play Purdue and then now you've got a few days off before Michigan State. How do practices go in terms of do you spend a day not worrying about Michigan State and maybe talking about more of what happened against Purdue, or do you just spend a day with fundamentals and not worry about either one of them? In other words, or, or is it just right, you know, right after Purdue's done, it's right on to Michigan State? Take us in a little bit of, of how you guys do that. Yeah, so typically when we go, when we have like a longer break like this, we'll have an off day because like the NCAA rules or whatever. So we actually had two off days, which was nice. We nice. had, we play, what day did we play? Friday? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this time of year, all my days are messed up. So <laughs> Friday we played, Saturday we had off, and then we had practice Sunday. And that was more like skill, just keeping up with our conditioning and nothing too crazy, just get our bodies right. And then another off day. Um, so guys will usually come in and work out on the second off day. Like we had guys in all day just getting workouts in and shooting and stuff like that just to stay up, stay up and going. And then uh, today is just a normal, normal practice, you know, two, two-and-a-half-hour practice getting ready for Michigan State. Um, usually we'll break down Purdue. Uh, we broke down the Purdue game a little bit um, on the weekend on Sunday, and then today we just got ready for Michigan State. Watched a bunch of film and did a bunch of their scouts. Luke, I want to ask you, Marcus Damask being named the Big Ten Player of the Week and what he's been doing recently. What do you remember about maybe that first week in the summer where he shows up on campus and, and you see his game and, and just the way that. He's now performed. I know usually when you ask a player or a coach, hey, did you see this out of this guy? And they're like, oh, yeah, we knew he was awesome this whole time. But uh, I guess like reframe it to you in a different way based on what you kind of expected when you first saw him. Did you think that he was capable of stuff like this? I mean, he wasn't really around much this summer because That's he right. hurt his, he hurt his uh, leg. So right. we honestly like when he came in, we were like, okay, yeah, he's a good player. Like I watched his some of his clips and stuff like that. I was like, oh, yeah, he can go. I thought he was more of a post-up guard, though. Like, for him to be able to dribble full court and get into a post-up and, you know, make a couple combo moves and get to the rim, like, that, that's what's really been impressing me. Like, he's, he's so good at getting to his spots and creating off the dribble, um, you know, compared to the summertime. And he was out a little bit, so we didn't really get to play with him in Spain. But, I mean, he's special, and he's really stepped up big time, and, when we need him to, and he's going to continue doing that. So we uh, we have faith in him to, you know, kind of have the ball and be the dominant ball uh, ball handler like he's been, and uh, hopefully he keeps it going. 
Now, Luke, admittedly, you've told us that you are probably the best trash talker on the team. Does Damask say yeah. anything, or does he just smile all the time? No, I think he does talk a little trash. Oh. He's not as good as me, but he does talk a little trash. <laughs> He's yeah. not as good as me, of course. <laughs> Who would be second on that list? Who would be second? Yeah, if you're Ooh, if you're the best trash talker, who's second? Hmm. That's a really good question. Coleman's probably up there. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Definitely. Justin's a pretty good trash talker. Yeah. I like oh, it. Buck, sincere. Oh, uh, oh, I forgot about sincere. <laughs> I was I knew I was missing somebody. Sincere, dude, that dude's a villain in practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? like the only word to describe. He's a villain. He no. literally just like. Tries to instigate people all, all practice. I love it. What is he like on the scout yeah. team? You maybe just said it there, but just what are you seeing from that guy? I mean, he's a, he's he's gotten so much better. Like his growth from the beginning of the year in terms of shooting and scoring uh, versus now is it's night and day. He's I mean he makes us so much better in practice. So I I gotta give Buck his credit, man. Like he he goes through the day and tries to make people's lives hell. I'm not going to lie in practice and tries to stir stuff up, but he's getting better every single day. It's, it's fun to watch him continue to grow. He's, you know, doing a lot of things to get, get better, uh, shooting the ball a lot better and playing a lot better on the ball screen. So he's uh, definitely benefiting a lot from redshirting this year. Luke, as a last question for you, kind of to follow up, with, with Sincere out, obviously Terrence being suspended, uh, with Nico working his way back from his foot, your, your depth isn't as – as large as we right. kind of thought going into the season, is it important for guys like Dre Gibbs Lawhorn and, and Amani and, and those guys to, to come on here and to pick up the slack? And we saw a little bit of, of Dre uh, back on Friday at Purdue. How have you kind of seen those guys come along and are they going to be important for you as you push forward? Yeah. I mean, Dre, Dre came in and gave us good minutes uh, against Purdue. He did a great job. So for him to come in and just guard, it's not even about scoring like, that's kind of the message been the message to to those guys. It's not really about scoring, it's just making the winning plays. You know, if you can go out there and guard guard your guy and, and rebound the ball and do all the things right, then that's way more valuable than you going in and, you know, chucking up a bunch of shots. So I think those guys are definitely gonna help us in these coming games. I think, you know, they're doing exactly what they need to do to keep growing and becoming good players and I mean it's like it was freshman year for me. It's like it is for every freshman. Sure. There's ups and downs and I think those guys are you know, dealing with it really well. They got good heads on them, and uh, I think they're going to help us coming up. So we're definitely going to need them. Um, you know, my freshman year, there was a game that each of the three freshmen, me, Paz, and RJ, all helped the team win the game. And without one of us three, we wouldn't have won that game. So I think um, there's definitely going to be some games where they step up, and they got to be ready for that moment. Great stuff from Luke Goody on the Tapman Sewing phone line. You mentioned earlier the the Kofi concussion. It, it was. Shortly after that, that you got a big chunk of minutes there against Michigan State as a freshman. Twenty-seven minutes, hit uh, three threes, nine points, four boards off the bench. You guys beat the Spartans that year. You beat them last year. Best of luck beating Tom Izzo and company on Thursday as well, and then uh, going into the weekend against the Terps. And we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Let me guess, Piper, you were at that game as well. I was at all the games. Luke, you've got that's, a stalker, that's man. Of, that's kind you of got... the secret. <laughs> hey, no, he's just. No, I like I like Piper. He's he's at the game. Good guy. guy. Yeah, (laughs) cut that up. Put it on the uh, intro. (laughs) I'll use that on my resume. I love it. Thanks, Luke. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys, man. See you, all right, buddy. Luke Goody on the Tapman Towing phone line. That once again brought to you by some great sponsors: Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted, and by Max Twin City Recycling. I don't think it'll ever get old. The appreciate you guys. 
I agree with you. It's, just, it just, it's so genuine. Like, Luke is just such a genuine kid. Just a good kid. That's awesome. And he likes me. Yeah. That's, I appreciate it. That was, funny. was newfound he, information. He's like, man, I didn't realize you were at that game. That's cool. <laughs> they probably don't even, you know, I mean, when you're that good and you've got so many different people coming to your games. You oh, let's say when I was that good. Well. I was just kidding. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Uh, Diane said that uh, cold front is moving in like Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're talking like two to eight degrees, like in that range. Awesome. Which means your daughter will be born sometime in that cold front. <laughs> Just tell Haley she's got to make it till Monday because Kyle's back. Oh, boy. Uncle Lon over we, here we doesn't want to be running that board again. <laughs> we got to get through Friday. <laughs> Let's get through the Cardinals caravan, which, by the way, on that yeah. note. Hey, that's funny that I just thought of this like. So, Jeremy Warner had has two two children. That's right. And now you're going to have two children. Yep. I just need Carp to have a child. Like I feel like a grandpa over here. You know, like my my extended family is growing. Perfect. That's all. That's awesome. I'm excited for you guys. You're going to start pressuring Kyle when he gets back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kyle, you need to find. <laughs> I'm not including any of those. Like Trevor, I'm not putting any pressure on Trevor. Or... Any of the uh, others, so yeah, no, uh, just just the grandpa co wants more. The first thing you see, Kyle, <laughs> grandpa wants more grandkids. Kyle, he's like, what? Get busy. <laughs> he's like, I'm 19. No thanks. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yes, I interrupted your caravan. Let's Cardinals go. caravan Friday coming up this Friday, 11 a.m. Doors open. Uh, we've got a great event. It's at the I Hotel and Conference Center. Uh, the event actually begins at noon, but we recommend getting there a little early, especially, uh, well, number one, if you want to buy some some beer from Lon and I, we'll be walking around. Yeah, right. Beer here. <laughs> beer man. Who's ready? Cold beer. Um, but Jordan Walker, Andre Pallante, Packy Naughton, Victor Scott II. You also got some alumni like Benji Molina and Brad Thompson. MC, Chip Carey. That's awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Free of charge in terms of admission there so uh we look forward to seeing a lot of people out there on friday before the cold front you know have something yeah. to, to talk about to think about maybe to look at uh that being a jordan walker autograph as you're mm. sitting cooped up in your house hey by the way it is free but bring some money because they do some raffles oh yes and it, it all goes i can't remember and i apologize it all goes to a great um charity and i've forgotten which one it is i'll have to ask stevie and diane but it goes to a great local charity and they give away some really cool stuff. So make sure you bring a little cash to spend on that. There you go. That's awesome. Look forward to that. To my daughter, please wait until after that. And then uh, <laughs> if you got to come during the, the blizzard or whatever the heck it's going to be, then let it, let I, it be. I think Diane's going to be on CI Living tomorrow talking hey, about nice. it. So, nice. So uh, she uh, – she mentioned that, and I was like, hey, let's let's go. So it's a great event. I know we had a little bit of a less crowd last season, but uh, should be excited to see Jordan Walker this year. Big time. And, and you know, if you live on the outskirts, you know, like I know the other day somebody said they could hear our show all the way to almost a Morton uh, heading that direction. That wasn't you, was it? I don't think so. No, that wasn't you. I don't know who, who said it, but, you know, if you live over in Bloomington or Farmer City, you know, wherever, Gifford, the pride, how about down in Arthur? I'm just going all every distance here. Uh, come on up, man, It's because it's it's a cool event. It's free, and, and as I've already told you, just tell the schools that Lante said your children could be out that day because they're going to get a learning experience with all the Cardinals players and alumni. I love it. Let's go. Good stuff from Luke Goody. We'll catch a break. We'll return, talk 
we'll hit on some of the texts that have come in uh, here during the last segment or so, but also I want to transition. Maybe talk a little NFL before we get out of here. Okay. That uh, sounds all right. Restoration Urban Ministries. Thank you, Diane. She just texted in. Awesome. Diane is always – I don't know if there's an alarm that goes off whenever her name is mentioned, <laughs> but she's immediately with responses, and I love it. I like it. She She's the backbone of this place. There you go. Couldn't do it without her, so there you it's go. awesome. We'll be back after this. This is The Drive. Gear up to support your Fighting Illini this season at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini, Game Day Spirit. Shop their great selection of T-shirts, sweatshirts, and NIL jerseys as you cheer on your Fighting Illini. Visit them at the corner of 6th and Green in Campus Town, Neil and Kirby in Champaign, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. So when was the last time you saw a best deal guarantee? You mean a promise that actually held up? Right. That some unknown online entity didn't want you to log in and download a code and then re-verify as you join some club. Drives you nuts, I know. And then once you purchase that set of steak knives. Well, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is a lot simpler. You find a verified great deal and they beat it. Just show them the deal you saw. A newspaper clipping or the online cart price will do and then you're good. At Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, it's one of those instances where you see a best deal guarantee and you get the best deal. This is Dennis Rekin, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Our exclusive 10-year protection plan comes free with most appliance purchases. Whether it's a GE, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Bosch, or any of our 30 brands, I guarantee we will beat any competitor's deal. Wow! Dick Van Dyke Appliance World when you buy from us, get Illini fans, taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, save $5 on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza, chicken grill to perfection, premium mozzarella cheese, bacon, red onion, and BBQ sauce. All piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all-meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5. It's the Cardinal Caravan 2024, and it's free! Coming Friday, January 12th at the iHotel and Conference Center. Doors open at 11. The program starts at noon. Who's coming? How about superstar Jordan Walker, Andre Pallante. Also, Chip Carey will be the MC, and Benji Molina and Brad Thompson will be there as well. The St. Louis Cardinal Caravan, coming to iHotel and Conference Center at 1900 South 1st Street. Doors open at 11. The program starts at noon. Raffle tickets are sold to benefit Restoration Urban Ministries. Kids with items to get autographed are top priority and will go through the line first. Learn more about the St. Louis Cardinals Caravan Number 4 at cardinals.com caravan. Join us at the iHotel Conference Center for this free event. The Cardinal Caravan 2024, 11 a.m. The doors open. The program at noon. Autographs will be available afterward. We'll see you there.
You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step by step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. I'm Dr. Jaya Wadawan, and I'm a pediatrician with OSF Healthcare. RSV is respiratory syncytial virus, and it's very common in um, pediatric patients, especially in the age group of less than two years old. In RSV, some symptoms to watch for is um, fever, cough, wheezing, any difficulty breathing, decrease in appetite. So with COVID and RSV, it's difficult to differentiate the symptoms and the presentation of each. The best thing to do is go to your provider and get a swab for both COVID and RSV. Older people can get it. It presents more of an upper respiratory infection. However, in the pediatric population, it presents more in the lower respiratory tract, which causes more of severe symptoms. Treatment includes supportive care for fever, so that includes Motrin and Tylenol. And if they need further respiratory support, that would include some oxygen support and nebulization. Visit the website osfhealthcare.com a tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Two Men in a Truck has been recognized as a trusted leader in the moving industry for over 35 years. Now we are proud to offer that same reliability to junk removal, introducing Two Men and a Junk Truck to the Champaign area. Our goal at Two Men and a Junk Truck is to help you make room for what matters most. We can make your garage, attic, basement, house, or business look bigger with our furniture or appliance removal. Contact us today at twomenjunktruck.com. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. That is a great sounding mm. theme song, I should say. It'll never get old. I hope they no, never change it. Definitely not. I hope they never change that. It is awesome. Fantastic. Moving into NFL playoff time, which means Lon and I's team are out. <laughs> That's pretty much what you can say just about every year. Uh, week one, my team was out. Um, you know. I felt that same way after the <laughs> Packers beat us week one. And then decided to beat us again week 18. It is amazing how often I've talked about NFL playoffs without my team being there. It is just, 
The Cardinals won four games in a like four games last year, four games. They've won eight games in two years. Imagine that. You can. I mean, kind of. I can. Yeah. Someone tweeted out that if you would have bet the under on the Bears' win total the last eleven years, you'd be ten and one. Are you serious? Wow, is that an indictment on the Bears? Ouch. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, by the way, that game Sunday, I was fired up for it. I texted you and Jeremy Warner, and I said, I'm actually fired up for this game, and it wasn't just because I had placed a nice little wager on it. I was actually really excited to see Justin Fields and and, uh, what's the love guy? Jordan Jordan Love. Jordan Love, and I thought, all right, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot on the line here for the Packers. And then not only do the Packers win, but Love has a good game and Fields struggles. And then I have to hear the old, well, this Green Bay team is the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. And I'm like, ah, crap. Now they're going to be good for another whatever. And then, of course, early, what, was that early in the day the Jags lose? Or was that maybe Saturday when the Colts lost or something? And then the Steelers make it in the playoffs. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not a fan anymore of anything. Like, I'm done with sports. That was it. When the Steelers made the Steelers went half the season being outgained. I think they went the entire have they ever like has their offense ever gotten better than any other team they played, yet they still are in the playoffs. And they were talking coaching change. If you ever get rid of him, you're the dumbest person in the world. Tomlin. Yeah. I love that dude. He's pretty darn good. He obviously knows how to coach. And I did see the Watt will not be playing in the playoff game for the Steelers, but I don't know. It's hard to imagine they beat Buffalo in Buffalo with Mason Rudolph. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, I, I don't know. It's it's just uh, – ah. On the note of the Bears. <laughs> Are you sad, Dirk? I'm sad, man. <laughs> on kids that is insanity back pull off the road it's gonna be interesting they won't deliver oh man i'm sick of it lon i don't blame you every time i get my hopes up every time i say i don't want to care anymore and i do and then i'm reminded why i really shouldn't oh man the same old story and it was excruciating to watch. The problem that I have now is there's – look, I, Caleb Williams is a talented yes. quarterback. Yes. He is very talented. I get the hype around him. But I don't think anybody that watched that game on Sunday, and a lot of the Bears games, admittedly Justin Fields has gotten better through the last month, month and a half of this season. If you're making a list of what are the problems for this Bears team, I don't see how you put Justin Fields – First, second, or third, That's or maybe fair. even the top five. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think the supporting cast really matters for a quarterback to put in the best position to be successful. I pulled a stat here per football, uh, pro football focus. Jordan Love, give him credit, looked really good. Mm-hmm. Thought he had some open receivers. Thought that was some of our fault. Thought we didn't get pressure on him at all. To that note, Jordan Love, 34 dropbacks, pressured on four. 
Wow. Justin Fields, 24 dropbacks, pressured on 15. Yeah. It's kind of a big difference. That's going to make you a little bit – it's going to make it a little harder to have – I'd say a little bit. A good game. A little bit. (laughs) So, when you're – for anybody out there that's just box score watching and wants to say, oh, look at Jordan Love, 300-plus yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers – the Green Bay Packers once again have an elite quarterback and that it's the next coming of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Uh, All of that stuff wanted to make me throw up on Sunday. <laughs> uh, and then you look at Justin Fields, who throws for sub 200 yards and yep. whatnot, yep. and you're like, the Bears obviously have to get a new quarterback because he's not the answer. I think that's too simplistic. It's not watching the games. Okay. All right, so uh, there's a lot of different ways to go. <laughs> The Bears failed. Ju- the Bears failed Justin Fields. If this is his yes. last game as a Bear. I will say very, 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 very confidently the Bears failed him with who they hire as a head coach, with how they constructed an offensive line, which how they constructed his weapons around him. Prior to getting DJ Moore this year, DJ Moore is the only like starting caliber wide receiver they have on the on the team. Right, and they didn't have him last year, which was his second year in the league, first year as a full starter. And the offensive line last year was probably the bottom five in the league. At best this year, middle of the pack, probably subpar in terms of pass protection. I know PFF has them like 24th or 25th in pass blocking. So uh, he, in my opinion, when you have this kind of a talent, maybe this is going to sound like a little bit of an exaggeration, but there's a lot of people that want to trade Justin Fields. I am happy as a Bears fan that Justin Fields isn't going to the front office and say, please, whatever you do, trade me, get me the heck out of here. Mm. This situation stinks. Yeah. You're ruining my career. Yeah. I mean, something's got to happen, right? It's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I do like that his number one wide receiver, I don't think it's just lip service. DJ Moore says, I want Justin Fields to be my quarterback. I think he should be the guy. It's just such a – you know what I was doing here? For a second, I was looking up past Super Bowl winners, and I was going. And, and there's a, there's a reason for this, right? So, Patrick Mahomes last year wins it. He's elite. Yeah, and he there's, beat J- Jalen Hurts, who's pretty darn good. Pretty good. The Rams won it two years ago. Stafford, do you consider him an elite? Uh, probably not elite, but probably next tier. Next tier. Very. I said very good. Uh, Tampa three years ago with Tom, Tom Brady, Brady he's, elite. He's all right. Kansas City, elite. Then New England. Elite. Brady Elite. Philadelphia in 2018. Was that with... Uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> elite nickname. Yeah, an elite quarterback. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so you got to kind of go back. Because Stafford's been around a long time. And yeah. What a kind of a neat story, right? They're going to be... In Detroit. In Detroit this week. Pretty uh, awesome. So, so I'm just trying... Like, do you ever see Fields as elite? It's hard to know. Yeah, you're right. I, it'd be you're easy right. to say no. Okay, it'd be easy to say no as of right now. But let me ask this question. So some people would watch the Texans, who admittedly I'm thoroughly impressed with what they did, Gee. and they obviously tanked uh, the Cardinals' Stroud. plans of oh. having maybe the top two picks in the draft. Of course. Um, because of C.J. Stroud. And, and some people have said the Bears should watch. By watching what C.J. Stroud did for Houston, that is all the reason to pick Caleb Williams and get a new quarterback because having a franchise quarterback, a sure answer at that position can then change your trajectory, which I have never argued against. I think that it's if you the haves and have nots in quarterbacking, right? We know it very well. When you don't have a guy, you're 
so much further behind the teams that don't have one. Yep. But let me then offer up, okay, if you've watched Kansas City play this year, mm. why does Patrick Mahomes have his worst stats of his career? Because they don't have any receivers. They don't have any receivers. That's a good point. And they have a tight end that is more in the news for his relationship <laughs> than, don't his, even say her. than nope. his production. Yes. Yes. I'm with you on this. I just – this. it's not like this was year two of Justin Fields, right? Right. Although I mean, technically – His second full year as a starter, te- although he started was. a number of games as a, as a rookie. Third full year in the league. Okay. Another thing that I would offer up, who was Jalen Hurts before they gave him A.J. Brown? Yeah, that's fair. Who was Tua before they gave him Tyree Kill and Mike McDaniel? Yeah. Who was Josh Allen before they gave him Stephon Diggs? Yeah, that's true. So they gave Justin Fields finally a legit number one receiver. But Darnell Mooney, who's been the number receiver two, is he even a, a wide receiver three? No. Like, no, and he was the wide receiver one last year. Right. So, oh, like, wow. we're, we're talking about, like, the evaluation here is that you you have not put enough weapons around him, let alone a play caller, let right. alone a guy that's called plays the NFL prior to showing up and saying, hey, here's your here's your uh, kingmaker. <laughs> this guy's going to make you a franchise quarterback, Luke Getze. He's terrible. He is. He's brutal. I think that if I'm making the decision, I've seen enough from Justin Fields where you don't have to break the bank for him next year. You can give him the fourth-year option. Uh, and then if you want to wait even another year and extend it out in terms of the big mega deal, you can franchise tag him. I would ride with Justin Fields and use the draft capital to trade down to three if I could uh, and, and get Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. and then some other residual pieces to then build this thing around. You, you need help up front. You don't get gash like you did Aaron Jones ran for a buck 30 Big, yeah. and, and they were able to do whatever they wanted on the ground they were able to not have Jordan Love under pressure Montez Sweat's been really good mm-hmm. get another edge rusher uh you could get some obviously help on the offensive line definitely bolster the receiving core and then we'd really know like what this team is and who Justin Fields is in a desirable situation I just kind of throw it back to you though I think that Caleb Williams in this same offense with right. these same weapons, with the same offensive line would be 0% better. Three years in? I'm just saying, like, let's, take, let's put him, whoever he'd be as a rookie, and put him in this situation and change nothing else. I think, okay, the, that's I, I think he'd be the same. It's just, I, I guess to me, it's, Listen, I've spent the entire season thinking about this with Kyler Murray, but it's obvious now that Murray's going nowhere. With Arizona, they're not going to make a change. They can't unless they trade up, and that'd be stupid to do. I just look at this, Derek, and I just – I look at, like, Patrick Mahomes has led Kansas City to two Super Bowls, and he's been in three of them. And according to some of the experts, Caleb Williams is kind of the next thing closest to, to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes wasn't – wasn't glaringly great right off the right off the bat, but he's been so good in the NFL. Oh, he's on track to be maybe the greatest of all time, if not the second to Tom. And it's such a difficult decision because if you get it wrong again, now you're talking about 10 years of uncompetitive play in Chicago because you got Fields wrong, and now all of a sudden you're going to get Caleb Williams wrong if if that's the route you go and if he doesn't turn out. I just – to me, to me, okay, I'll put it this way. 
with what you just said with regards – okay, so you just said if you put Caleb Williams in the same spot – yeah. Then with would, one good receiver, a bad offensive line. That he would be no better. My question to you would be, if you then surrounded the – if the Bears went out and added all these, is Justin Fields that much better than Caleb Williams if all of a sudden you have two Pro Bowl receivers – or you have a Pro Bowl receiver and a second one that's really good and an offensive line that – my thought is you guys are in the position to pick up Possibly a generational guy, even mm-hmm. though I hate that term and mm-hmm. I just used it. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Williams taking the chance that he could be a poor man's Patrick Mahomes, let's say, that he's really good. Yeah. And you've got a rookie contract for the next four or five years to where you guys who already have money could go load up and put yourself in a great spot with a guy like Caleb Williams who, worst case scenario, can't be that much worse than Justin Fields. Right now, I'm talking about. I just am not a Justin Fields guy. I just, I don't see it. I don't see, like, when I watch quarterbacks that are really good in the NFL, there's just something about him. And with Fields, I know he's athletic. I know he's unbelievable in terms of being able to pick up first downs with his legs. And, and, and yes, he looked better because he had D.J. Moore, and, and there were some great throws to D.J. Moore. I just don't see that elite special talent that you could get with Caleb Williams. Now, again, that's a big if. Caleb Williams could come in and be horrible. I don't think he will. So I, I'm just I'm putting myself. If I were a Bears fan, mm-hmm. if I were the Bears, I am drafting. I'm trading Fields and getting what I can, and then I'm drafting Caleb Williams with that first pick. And Fair I enough. And then I'm spending a whole. Heck of a lot of money, although Fields isn't going to make that much money next year. Right. He's still under the rookie contract. So, I, I guess it's one of those, well, do you so, – because w- what happens – I mean, here's what's going to stink. Because you and I root for two franchises that suck. Mm-hmm. You're in and you're out. They can't get out of their own way. At least you have a Super Bowl title in 85 that I watch that you always have to hear about. You can tell me about. And you've been to another Super Bowl, right? Yes. With the Colts, I believe, beating you. At least you've got Rex that. Grossman beat us, but the Colts <laughs> were, got the assist. <laughs> and, and please understand that no franchise sucks worse than the Arizona Cardinals, all right? No, no, no. no. It is the <laughs> bottom that is the bottom feeder of all franchises in every sport. Wow. Like they've never won a championship except for 1947 with the Chicago Bears or Chicago Cardinals, excuse me. So they they are terrible. Like epic terrible. <laughs> so I'm not even putting you even close to how bad my organization is. But the thing is is like I think our organizations have to take these chances when you can. And I think that I just don't see Fields ever becoming like this no-doubt stud quarterback that's going to lead you to the playoffs every year. I just don't. Now, I could be totally wrong, and I'm not a Bears fan, and I probably should stay in my own lane here. But No, I think it's a fair take. It's, it's fine to have. There's a lot of Bears fans that have that take. I know. Like, I have issues with Kyler, but the kid's been to two Pro Bowls. Yeah. He obviously has some talent. And you talk about a guy that's playing with no – he has no receivers as well. I mean, Hollywood Brown was our number one receiver this year. And he's putrid. Right. So, but maybe that that goes back to your point. 
I just think put situ- talent around him. Situation matters so much. It does. Like, what was the conversation around Dak Prescott maybe one or two years ago? I always felt like his situation's been pretty good. They've always had a, I agree a top you. end offensive line, a pretty good run game, although it's not elite anymore. CeeDee Lamb emerging as this bona fide star at wide receiver. They've they've gotten a nice complimentary piece in and Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson's have a good year. Like Dak Prescott's lighting it up, right? Along with a really good defense. Again, like Tua was someone that when Brian Flores was heading out the door, like this guy, he can't throw the ball downfield. He's got these these legitimate weaknesses in his game. Mm-hmm. Then you give him one of the best receivers and a great play caller, and all of a sudden that offense is dynamic. Jalen Hurts. I know it wasn't the same in terms of timeline. I was actually looking this up. It's, it's, it, I'm going to sound like a guy that spent some time on this because I have. Um, <laughs> when you're not stalking Luke Goody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, his second year as a quarterback uh, in the NFL. It was his first full year as a starter in comparison to Justin Fields' third year in the NFL, second full year as a starter. Got it. The numbers are almost identical. Really? 16 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions, around seven to 800 yards rushing. And that was with Jalen Hurts having D- Devontae Smith as a rookie, Ooh. and then Dallas Goddard as a tight end. Fields having DJ Moore as a n- number one receiver, yep. Cole Komet, and really beyond that, not a whole lot else to speak of, other than I'd argue the, the Eagles' offensive line has always been much better. So they go get A.J. Brown. Things change tremendously for Jalen Hurts. If you go get Marvin Harrison – Junior, I think things could change tremendously for Justin Fields, especially if you give him a coordinator who's not trying to almost seemingly self-sabotage him with your play calls. It, 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 you're right. Like they, he's also they started out with saying, you know, we're going to try to turn you into a pocket passer. I've been mm-hmm. around Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur in Green Bay, and we're going to try to make you this guy that you're really not. We're not going to lean into your strengths. Then they kind of started to change, and then there's just been some weird. Like, why are you having Trent Taylor, a 5'10 receiver, block Rashawn Gary on, a on like, a rollout or whatever? Right. Like, there's just been some weird stuff with Yeah. I, I, he's bad. Yeah. No, I'm with and you. And I'd just rather build around a guy that I feel like Justin – and Justin's taken the lumps through these three years to where I feel like he's going to, in the right circumstance, be able to come out better for it. If you get Caleb Williams, there's going to be a, a rocky process. Now, he could be C.J. Stroud and have a really good year but also they could be a guy that those that get forced into playing right away sometimes have to get popped in the mouth. And if this team's built to win now, which I think they are, if they go out and get the the right pieces offensively. See, that's the thing, though. Like, I I still feel the Bears are like two years away. And – and so it's it's like the perfect time to sacrifice Caleb yeah. Williams to the league for a year, get better, learn from it, and then get – I wanted to read some of these. We've got some good ones coming in. Uh, Mark says, Derek, agree with you 100% about Fields and the Bears. Phillips you, says, you have to draft Williams. Fields is going to become expensive when the rest of the team is good. You'll start to lose people. The new NFL formula is to draft QBs for rookie contracts. Randy says, I'd rather take Fields than Kyler Murray. Hmm. Uh <laughs> I just pulled up Kyler Murray's, like in his second season in the NFL, he threw for 3,900 yards, 26 touchdowns. I, yeah, I, I don't think you'd rather have Justin Fields and Kyler. You have fun. Bill says, uh, I know this from many years of watching, no QB draft pick can cure an incompetent organization. Uh, Austin must remember Trubisky at two and 17, ride with Fields, build around him. 
And Big Def says, I think it aligns for both the Bears and Fields' well-being to trade him. I, is he liked in Chicago? Very much. Because I saw my guy Sylvie, like, basically went out and said, you got to move on from Eberflus and you got to move on from Fields. Yeah. A so lot of I these media people in Chicago have turned on Fields. And I, I, I just think it's a very convenient argument. And I don't want to, like – trash them too much but it's easy to say after a game like this quarterback outperformed the other and not have any other context as to why I think Luke Getz has got gotten a free pass from a lot of people out there I mean Tony Romo and, and look Jim Nance you go into those meetings and the, they feed you a lot of what angle you get from the team but like they started the game with like Luke Getz done such a good job of late and, and right. Romo's like the way he's layering concepts I'm like what the heck are you talking about have you watched this team play <laughs> He's an idiot. I wouldn't hire him to be my high school my high school team's offensive coordinator. That's fair. All right, so keep fields. I don't know about Eberflus. I mean, the defense got better, but then they laid an egg in the biggest game. They had some yeah. three, fourth quarter. Like, the Bears should have been in the playoff picture. I, like, know. literally going to the playoffs. If you keep fields, then why don't you just draft Harrison number one? Because you can get a package for whoever has to trade up to get what if Caleb somebody Williams. trades up to get Harrison ahead of you? At two? Yeah, let's say. What's the order as of right now? Is, is uh, New England number three and I Washington think, number two? Yes, yes. So, so those, I mean, I know what you're saying, and you're correct. You could still, you could trade to three with New England. They can move ahead of Washington to get Williams, yep. let's say, or May, whoever they like, yep. or Daniels, whatever. And then you'd still get Harrison. Yes. See, that's what the Cardinals, like all the Cardinals, they were all excited about beating the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm like, well, yeah, you just you just ruined your chance at Marvin Harrison, I think. Now, the only thought to that is if the first three teams, so you'd have the Bears, if they went quarterback, uh, then you'd almost, if the Bears go quarterback and keep that one, which they won't, if they did that, then I think the Cardinals will get Harrison because I think – the next two down will draft quarterback quarterbacks. Well. Right. The Bears could still go quarterback. It's they still very, could. They still could. But I, Very possible. What's going to happen is you're exactly what you just said. You're going to trade out. You're going to go to three. You're going to get Harrison right in front of the Cardinals, who for some reason got all excited because they beat the Eagles and the Cowboys this year and then ruined having the next Larry Fitzgerald for the next. Mm. Like, like, I, like I said the other day, there's been one time in my entire life where the Cardinals were good on a regular basis. One time. And it was the career of Larry Fitzgerald. And I feel like with Marvin Harrison Jr., you've got a chance to add another Larry Fitzgerald. And you screwed it up by winning a game when next year you won't win. So stupid. We got to get out of here. Yeah, we do. We're heavy. We do. Mm. Now you got me fired up about Do I have the, the log in, in right? Oh, wow. We got a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. We got to take some commercial breaks. Oh. Yeah, but the good news is we're coming back talking all about Darren Shannon. If you want to hear Derek Piper and I sound really uncomfortable, <laughs> stick around for next hour. We tried our best. <laughs> I thought it was a 